Now, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner. Hi, this is Cheryl Besner, Solo in the City, and we are into a new season. And I decided today I want to take you step by step on a journey. Whose journey? Mine. How did I get from 365 days to find love to Solo in the City? And how did it all come about? Well, my journey started with fear. It was fear of getting divorced. It was fear of making the choice of divorce. And then it was fear of what life was going to be like as a single woman. A lot of people had warned me about the fact that being, and I I hate to say it like this way because it doesn't, I don't want it to sound egotistical, but being an attractive woman would obviously or possibly scare away a lot of friends and a couple friends. But the fact was, I decided I was going to be fearless about it. I was going to take hold of my love life and my entire life. And I was going to recreate something that was mine. And it's funny because now, coming out in the fall season, and with fall comes falling in love, even though I don't really love to talk about falling in love. I love to talk about rising to love. Because to me, falling has the connotation of getting hurt. And we do sometimes get hurt in our love lives. But if we don't, well, then we don't grow. And we can also grow through these hurts. So today's show is all about how it all began. You're going to meet a friend of mine. Her name is Zoe, and she was actually with me on a drive to New York. So kind of picture this. But while you're picturing this, pour yourself a glass of wine, get a tea, get comfortable, because I'm going to give it all to you, and it's very intimate. So let me share. I was on my way to visit my daughter in New York, got a phone call from a matchmaker that I had been introduced to through the Internet, who was calling me and telling me that they had some people that they wanted to introduce me to. And from that, a conversation started happening. Zoe and I started talking about the different ways in which we can meet people. And it was very interesting because Zoe and I were friends for a couple of years, but we really bonded because birds of a feather do flock together. And Zoe and I were living parallel lives. We were both getting divorced at the same time. And she was a little bit into a relationship with somebody at the time, and I was completely single, and I was giving her advice um, based on some of the things that she was going through. And I said, you know, it really would be beneficial if somebody kind of put it out there for other people going through the same thing. What was available to us? How did we meet new people? Did other people feel the same things we felt? And by the end of our drive to New York, I had decided... I was going to write a blog. She said, Cheryl, you know what? People love listening to your stories. You're a great listener. Why don't you share your experiences with people? And and I love the idea because, well, my name is Cher, so why not share it with people? So that's what I did. I decided to write this blog, 365 Days to Find Love, and talk about all the different ways in which people met each other, but also the experiences and my thought process behind everything that I was going through and sharing with it. And what happened was a community came together. People started stopping me in the streets, telling me their stories. I listened probably that year to 500 stories, if not more, of people going through the same thing and feeling less awkward because other people were going through the same thing and not afraid to talk about it. So it was really about 
that conquering of myself and my inner spirit. And at the time, I was doing a lot of radio and TV guest appearances, and I was always asked the question, have you fallen in love? It's 365 days to find love. Are you successful at it? During that time, I even became a dating coach, and I got my certification from New York. And my answer was, yes, I fell in love with myself, with the life that I was creating for myself, fearless, uh, you know, of the unknown. There is the unknown out there, but it's okay. We're going to go around that corner. And, you know, we find ourselves in strange cities all over the world when we travel. You don't know what's around the corner. You never know what's there, but you go anyway. And sometimes you have to make those very tough, scary decisions. But when you decide to do it, you actually become empowered. And the more I went through this whole process, the more empowered I felt and the more empowering it was to other people that were doing this journey with me. And that's when Soul in the City kind of popped in. It was the end of my one-year reign of 365 Days to Find Love, and people were saying, well, you're still alone. What does that mean? And I went, well, I'm solo in the city. It's okay. I'm working. I'm doing my thing. I'm exploring. I'm experiencing, and I'm sharing things, and I love it. And that's when somebody said, why don't you share it on air? And I really believed part of it was getting people out and about and meeting new people because that's what was saving me. It was all about me meeting people constantly, sharing our stories that kind of uplifted each other. And that's when Dr. Lori and I talked about the fact that I wish I could share things that I do that constantly bring me interaction with other people and also loving certain activities that I did because they were part of me doing my passions, which consequently made me introduce myself to people who had the same likes that I did. And Dr. Lori gave me a voice on Friday nights, and I still do it almost two years later, every Friday night at around 1030 on Passion, I got that voice to share activities that were going on in our city. And then CJAD comes along, and we have a show. It's all about what's going on in the world around us, what's going on in the city around us. But the fact is, after a year and a half of doing love style coaching, and I love the love style coaching, and I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But after this year, I have interviewed and spoken with and coached on different levels, thousands of people where we have these quickie discussions about their love lives and sometimes lengthy discussions but that's when I put the whole thing together. I know when we started Solo in the City, it was always about the dating guru, but it's not about that. I really believe that it's all about styling the love life that we were meant to live. And that's what I did for myself. I chose to create my love life around me, who I am, the way I want to love and be loved, and the way I want to encircle myself with people, and whether it's friends in the community, uh, my family, and lovers, how it is that I want to experience this part of life. And that is what I'm here for. I'm the trigger point for you to want to discover yourself, who you are, the way you want to be loved, the way you need to be loved, and the way you desire to live your life and your love life. So it's a little bit different from therapy. And we do things a little bit differently because really it's about sharing. And the fact is that fearlessness exists in all of us. 
sometimes we just need somebody to be the wing beneath our wings to help us through that. And that's what I'm here for, for you. Every Saturday night, I'm here to share these experiences, to share these stories, to share other people's stories, and to share advice from other experts and people who have overcome fears for themselves. And then also to share what's going on in the city. I'm also here to sit and work with you one-on-one or in groups. I love working with people. It's all about connecting because the fact is, well, first of all, it's not work for me. It's my passion. I have always been somebody interested in how other people felt. And I know how I felt during that fearful time of deciding whether to move on, get divorced, not get divorced. And if I had at that point somebody who was along there with me, I know that I would have felt a little bit more secure in my decision. So remember, I'm always here for you, and I do have an 800 number. You can call me at 844-744-SOLO, and during the show today, you can actually reach me too on that number, and I'll answer your questions like I always do. And coming up, we have Dr. Lori Petito from Passion going to be joining me, as well as the film designer, Zoe Sakharapalu, and it's always hard for me to say that, and a special feature, our new feature at the end of the show. Let's have a quickie, and wait till you hear who will be joining me. You're listening to Solo in the City on CJAD 800. I want to take the song. This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Welcome back to Solo in the City, the show all about relating, dating, and mating. And who better than to have on the show the woman who was the wind beneath my wings at the beginning, Dr. Lori Petito. She's a psychologist with a specialty in sexuality. She is also the host of Passion Raid here on CJAD and the author of The Sex Bible for People Over 50. Welcome to the show, Lori. Ah, my pleasure. That was so lovely. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize I was the wind beneath your wings. You were. (laughs) One of them, anyway. (laughs) You were. No, you were the first one. You know what? First of all, I want to say again right to you, thank you so much, because this was something that was a passion, no pun intended, (laughs) of mine, that was given um, its little start on your big passion. Well, it was fun. I mean, it started before Solo in the City. So right. that was what was uh, so interesting is that passion kind of followed your 365 days and you were able to come on the show and tell us about it. So that was kind of, uh, that was fun and innovative and it was something that nobody had really done. So it was great to have you and I'm so happy that it took off into its own thing. It has, it has. Well, it kind of grew and, and that's something I'm sure that a lot of people that you work with also, they start in one place and they grow into, you know, the, their butterfly and sprout their wings. What was it, though, about 365 Days to Find Love that really attracted you? Uh, well, I think, you know, my audience, uh, there were a lot of people who are single, obviously, looking for love. I used to get, uh, I still do, get dating questions and, you know, we have our own dating segment once a, once a month as well. So this is obviously a need and people needed to have hope, I think. And uh, it was just an interesting, to me, it was just interesting as a mission, you know, whether you had said like 365 days to find love or 365 days of sex or whatever it is. <laughs> 
<laughs> Any challenge. I, I like that 365 <laughs> days of sex. It's good. I'm sure there was a, lot a couple of people out there. <laughs> there was a couple who did that, actually. It's, I saw that documented. But uh, so that was a challenge. And I thought, well, this is an interesting challenge. Let's see. Let's see what happens and let's see how what you're doing. You, know, you can say, okay, I'm challenging myself to this, but you don't do anything about it. You put your money where your mouth it was and, and actually went out and did something about it. So that's what was fascinating to me. Well, here's what the way I came up actually with a 365 Days to Find Love quest. And that really had to do with the fact that when I talked to different matchmakers, they wanted me to sign a one-year contract. Right. So I figured, well, if I'm investing 365 Days to Find Love with them, why not do it for myself and just kind of experience and go down my own journey of it. But I'm wondering, do you think, and well, since you, you know, on your show and when you do this uh, monthly segment, do you find that most people feel or felt the way I did when I was first divorced, a little bit lost? I, I do. And just in my circle of people that I know and from listeners that it's sometimes really hard to know where to begin. People often ask, oh, where do I go? I got, you know, I'm 50 or I'm, I'm 45. I haven't been dating for so long. I don't even know where to meet anybody anymore. You right. know, so it's really tough to know uh, where to go. You know, you got to get out, but you don't know where. Right. And, and, and that's the kiss calendar. You know, it exactly. gives you an idea of where to go. And, and sometimes it's just a springboard. You know, um, I'm sure with yourself, like me, I, I often give people just an idea or a concept or I go looking for things that they don't even realize that they have a desire to to explore because when we look at our again passions um, often that's the place to meet somebody who has a similar kind of interest right exactly so finding and that's always the recommendation I give is like find an activity find something that you enjoy doing love doing and then explore that and meet people who feel the same way that you do and and sometimes people just don't know where to go you know thankfully there are events but how do they know about these events and how do they figure that out they they need to get out they need to get out of their comfort zone which is the hardest thing to do as you talked about that you know uh, being fearful of whatever is out there so getting out of your comfort zone is where it all begins Right. And, and establishing, sometimes it's great to establish a wing person, you know, somebody you can go out with. I always recommend a date night. And whether you're in a couple, a couples, um, really great couples I, that I know of have their date night. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of having date night with yourself, meaning on Tuesday night, you go out no matter what you do, whether it's a yoga class, take yourself for dinner, go for a walk or go to an event. That's your date night. You cannot stay home. You have right. to invest in your own sense of self-love. What do you think of true. that? I I agree. I think we don't do enough for ourselves. I think often we are we just get home and I'm too tired and I just you know once you once you un just kind of unwind from the day you don't want to go out anymore. I get it. But you know we are all extended in that way. But if you don't get out of the house, you know the pizza <laughs> boy like, he's not coming knocking. Well, you the know? pizza boy might. He might, but he's not going to be. He won't necessarily be the Prince Charming you've been looking for. Well, unless you're. You're, you deliver pizza yourself. I mean, that might be your commonality. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. It just doesn't ha- quite happen that way. No. So, you know, this whole, you know, development for me, and I, I took a lot of time this summer to re- reevaluate where and, and how that um, I can best help other people. And one of the things that I realized is that I really do believe in styling your own love life. And 
I wanted to know, do you think from your experience that a lot of people love differently and have their own sense of style in the way they want to love and be loved? Kind of like the five languages of love? Mm. Uh, well, for, uh, certainly, but it goes beyond that for me as a psychologist is that everybody comes to relationships with baggage. Right. So trying to figure out what your baggage is, whether it's fear of being vulnerable, fear of commitment, look at why that is, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection. We all come with fears that are often based in childhood and our, our family experiences. And unless we address that, we tend to make similar mistakes. Like you hear a lot of people say, oh, I'm just unlucky in love. It's not about being unlucky. In this case, you can make your luck because, you know, the if you see a pattern emerging, like, mm -hmm. gee, how come I'm always dating these jerks, you know? If you see a pattern emerging, the common denominator is you. So you have to take a close look at you. What do you have to offer? What are you looking for? And what is blocking me from being completely able to love someone or accepting love into my life. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, this past weekend or last weekend on the Labor Day weekend, I went away to a yoga retreat and I did a lot of meditation and a lot of soul searching again because I always do because I always want to grow. And one of the things that popped into my head was that I never looked at before was when I was young, I always wanted to be the princess dancing around the room and, you know, grab attention from the way I looked and the way I moved my body. And I realized that when I was dating in my youth, before I got married, um, I used to use my sexuality or my, my sensuality to attract. Mm -hmm. And now I don't. I own it. Like, I own my that, that part of me, but I don't use that part of me. And I think um, there's an, there has to come to an understanding of what it is that you have and what it is that you kind of fabricate for it's yourself. It's also what you value. So right. if you value deeper connections, you're not going to just want somebody to pay attention to you because you look so good. Right. You know, uh, and that's part of it. So as, as we mature, different things matter to us. And, you know, and when we start dating in our older age, Listen, we don't look the same. No, our, exactly. We have to our develop body, other things. <laughs> exactly, because, you know, a lot of stuff starts to fall. And it, it may not be so pretty, but it is what we have. And it's fine. It's perfectly fine. And what I have noticed in speaking to men, actually, is that they don't understand why we women are so obsessed with the way we look when they love our bodies regardless. Um, you know, we might say, oh, I wish I could lift my boobs up. I wish I could do this, tuck this. And they're like, I don't get that. Like, why? It doesn't matter to me. Oh, 100%. And same thing for me. I talk about it a lot with men. And especially, you know, interesting, I've had a lot of these discussions, Laurie, with men who um, sometimes date younger women, or a few of them uh, that I've met along the way only date younger women. And mm -hmm. when I ask them, it had, it, you know, they start off by talking about, well, they're beautiful, and they're perky, and they're, you know, mm -hmm. got this great body. And my question sometimes is, well, what does it feel like when you see the 25-year-old body, and then you see your 55-year-old or 60-year-old body? And they go, well, actually, I've had two men along the way tell me that 
the lights are usually off. Um, for them, right. <laughs> and that's for them. They're hiding. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Talk so, about um, role reversal. We'll talk about role reversal. But they actually said that, you know, if they could have sometimes the fresh mind in the, the older woman, it's not about the body. It's about the sense of adventure that they're experiencing with these younger women. So wow. I, I, I want to I go back to this a little bit because um, we're going to go on to the love table and we're going to be bringing um, my friend, Zoe Sakharapalu, who was with me at the start of 365 Days to Find Love and get her spin on how she feels about older men and younger women and her body and dating and everything else. So we're going to keep on designing our love lives here on Solo in the City. Lori, stick around because I need more advice from you, Dr. Lori Petito. You're listening to Solo in the City on CJAD 800. And don't forget, if you've missed any part of today's show, you can listen to us on SoundCloud. Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. We're back with the love table, and still with me is Dr. Lori Petito. Hey, Lori. Hey. And also now, I'd like to introduce you to Zoe Sakharopoulou. Oh my gosh, I always have a hard time with your name after all these years. She's my friend and a fabulous film designer. Welcome to the show, Zoe. Thank you. How do we pronounce that properly, please? Sakharopoulou. Sakharopoulou. Okay, it's like a tongue twister to it me. Is. It's phonetic. <laughs> I know, but I love you, and I hope you still love me. I do. Even after of course, kind of messing always. that one up. Okay, so we're talking today about 365 Days to Find Love and our journeys, and we even got on to the topic of everybody else's journeys and the kind of sandbox that's created with a lot of different um, socioeconomic and age brackets getting into the same sandbox. But this is going back to when we went on that drive. And you and I were on a parallel life at that point, right? We were both getting divorced. Exactly. And and it was interesting how the whole thing just kind of developed into this blog. Yeah, well, you inspired yourself, I think. I mean, we were driving to New York. It was um, December 2012. And um, we were talking about our lives and what was happening and, and our lives were, were in pa- very parallel sort of situations but yet um, different different divorces, different sort of uh, life paths but yet coming to a point in a, at a similar time and um, you you were in a sort of in a, a way you were sort of trying to I think um, reach beyond and to see you know your your life in the future. Um, I think I was just trying to tread water at the time. <laughs> <Keep> <laughs> I was just trying to survive. <laughs> but you were looking straight ahead, and you had a vision. So, Dr. Uh, Dr. Laurie, do you think that a lot of people, like uh, Zoe and I, we kind of bonded over this commonality that we have between us, that both getting divorced and, and kind of treading together? But Absolutely. And I think women do this really well, is that we have... We create great support networks. It's something that men sometimes don't have because they were more socialized to do this. But uh, where we we have a, we create our own support network of people who listen to us. We talk more uh, and you know connect to others, and we get we get help. We get help from talking about it to our friends. And many times our friends are going through some of the very same things we've been through. 
You know, it reminds me of the show that I'm watching right now, Grace and Frankie. I don't know if I you're love watching. That I mean, come show. on, that <laughs> show is amazing. But you know what's really amazing about the show is watching these two women go, and they're from very different backgrounds and they're very different personalities and how they bond. But what's very interesting for anybody out there listening, if you want a really good watch, also, the two of them, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, they did a TED Talk, uh-huh. and by the way, they talked about women and how. We live longer through our friendships with yes. other women, and it's a great TED Talk. So that's just a little something for everybody to listen to. But it was really a bonding for us because we had children of the same age from the mm-hmm. same school. But that's really, I think, that that drive to this um, you know, inopportune moment where we just decided to jump in a car and drive down to New York together really kind of bonded us closer as we shared our stories, right? Right, and it was New Year's as well. We were going there for New Year's. It was the start of something new and the start of a new life in a way for you and for me Um, and closing the door on a past. And um, I think that you really had a vision to start something in that new year. And, you know, it was appropriate, the 365, because it was really a new year with a full year ahead. You're right. It was. It was. It was to start a new me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it didn't really have to do with um, all of this solo in the city and and um, coaching and everything else. But it was a kickoff. Do you think, Lori, that a lot of people um, redefine their selves through this, and and a lot of people go through this complete metamorphosis, like I did? Um, no, uh, I think it takes a lot of self-awareness and, um, it takes a motivation to do things differently. I think often, you know, we, we can blame others for things that go wrong and uh, it take it, it takes a certain level of courage, self-awareness, self-compassion, uh, to be able to go through a metamorphosis, you know, and yeah, the reality is people don't change drastically. They don't become somebody else, but you can be a better self. So, so going back to what you and I were discussing before, because we did get, get kind of onto this track also, uh, Zoe, we were talking about men and, and younger women and, and that we don't always see ourselves the way we are because, you know, Dr. Larry was saying that a lot of women, for instance, really focus on the way they look and, that's not even what men are interested in. Do you do you worry a lot about your body? Like, are you body conscious? I don't think I worry about my exterior appearance as much as I maybe should. Yay. <laughs> no, um, not, not I as much in, as you should. I work in film and I work behind the camera. I, you know, I don't work in front of the camera. It's not my thing. Um, and no, I'm, I mean, I, I care, but I, I really don't care. I care about what's inside a person more. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also, you know, basically chemistry. If you like a person or you don't, or you get along with a person. I, I mean, it's not about appearance at all. I mean, your, your whole going back to you and your quest, I think that that was all about really about evolving as a person inside. Right. No, I agree with that, yeah. I agree with that. And and by the way, I will say that it, it had a lot to do with the therapist that I was seeing, why I was still married, and we were going through this transition, and the fact that she had told me, and, and you can respond to this, Lori, she had said to me, you know, be careful because you are an attractive woman and you might be become, you know, cast aside from the community and you won't be as included as much, et cetera, et cetera. But work on your inside and your intellect, which, you know, I always have and I've always prided myself on being, you know, a capable businesswoman. Um, she, you know, she, she kind of... She didn't try to put the fear in me, but she wanted me to be aware that, first of all, I needed other things. But second of all, life could be 
altering because now I'm the single woman, which I do want to add to all my fantastic couple friends out there. They stood by me. They stayed with me all the step of the way, Saturday nights during the week. They all made sure I was included in couple evenings and Saturday nights I'd be out with three couples and four couples. They never did. So I love you guys. So, Lori, let me ask you, do you think that a lot of people experience that or fear no, that? No, I, I don't. That's what's interesting. Did you get <laughs> Did you get that kind of reaction? I mean, divorce is so common today that I'm surprised that... Um, that would be a response that somehow you'd be shunned or you'd be treated differently because you are an attractive single woman. Well, I, I just want to comment and I want Zoe to comment on it. For myself, with my very good friends, no. Sometimes in the community when I would go out to functions, yes. In what way? Well, you know, people would kind of like take their husbands and, you know, kind of protect them. Protect them. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> yeah. what a reputation you know? of a tiger you were. No, it was just like, I, but I think it was an assumption. And the fact was, so what I did was I went out of my way very fast to make sure that everybody knew I was not um, looking to go after somebody else's husband and that I was not a threat. And I, I made sure that I made more eye contact with the women and I pursued and I pursued and I pursued and it became very clear very fast that that was not my intention. Mm. What about you, Zoe? Well, I think you really know who your friends are after you go through a divorce. Um, those who stick through it with you are your true friends. Um, I found that there were a few people who just, you know, either took sides or didn't want to deal with me afterwards. Um, so they were not my friends, really. But I think, Cheryl, you're really personable to everyone, and, and women particularly. You you love women, and you bond with women. So I don't see how, you know, people can be threatened, in a sense, because you're so out there and friendly. Well, thank you. But I, I do, I, I do want to just add one little thing. Um, for men, a lot of men do lose that, because a lot of the friendships are often through their wives, and I've, I've come across that quite True. a bit. Um, anyway, I want to thank both of you uh, for coming on the show and sharing and helping me kind of put out there how we got to this place on Solo in the City. So, Zoe, thank you very much. Thank you. And, Dr. Lori, we know we can listen to you every night of the week at 10 p.m. on CJD 800. Thanks, Cheryl. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. And coming up, we have the Kiss Calendar and the new segment on our show. Let's have a quickie. And today, the quickie is going to be with a journalist and former second-season Bachelor contestant, Jennifer Selinger, and we're going to get a little insight into her love life and where she came from. You're listening to Solo in the City on CJD 800. And remember, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and hear all our shows on SoundCloud and Podcasts. You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Desner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. We're back with one of my favorite parts of the show. It's the Kiss Calendar. And what I kept referring to with Dr. Lori, what I do on Friday nights on Passion, we do again here on Saturday night and sometimes with a few different things to step out into the city. So this weekend, I want to tell you one of my favorite things. I love oysters. Besides the fact that supposedly it's an aphrodisiac, I love to eat oysters, especially with a little bit of lemon and a little bit of the mignonette. So this Sunday in the Old Port, it is 
Oyster Fest. It, all the oysters get handpicked by the Old Port Fishing Company. This starts at 12 p.m. at Taraspan Sucor. There are many different restaurants that are going to be on hand shucking oysters, and it is a great event. The wine, the beer, it's all flowing, and it is going to be a great day. Then on Wednesday, September 14th, starting at 7 p.m. at Ye Old Orchard Pub, the Montreal Movie and Variety Events Meetup Group will be hosting Wacky Wednesday Comedy Night. Get dressed, get out, have fun. And remember, guys and girls, one of the reasons that women love to date men is for their sense of humor. If somebody can make me laugh, they're in. So go on out, and it's a free night of comedy, and it's got a great all-star lineup. Then on Friday, September 16th at 9 p.m., all the way till 3 a.m. at Cirque Eloise on Barrie. This is the 2016 edition of the Wonder Ball benefiting the St. Mary's Hospital Cancer Care Center. I want you to know you don't have to be afraid to step out of a ball or to a ball on your own. Cinderella did it. She met her Prince Charming. I've done it. I'm telling you, you never know who you're going to meet. And I also do want to give you a little bit of a heads up. Erin Melinda and I will be hosting a quickie lunch on September 22nd at Cafe Depot from 12 till 2 o'clock. Come on down, meet us there. It's at the Cafe Depot Village on the corner of Papineau and St. Catherine. Come meet with us, come talk to us, and share your quickie dating uh, questions, your dating advice. I'll give you some. Be part of the action. So come on down and meet us there. And talking about Let's Have a Quickie. Today, we introduce to the show, Let's Have a Quickie, and today's person that of interest, and she is a person of interest, is Jennifer Selinger. She is a journalist. She is going to be hosting her own TV show on Bell One coming up very soon, and she was also a contestant in The Bachelor Canada second season. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Hey, 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 hey. Thanks for having me, Cheryl. What a pleasure. I'm really excited to be here with you. Right you know, now. You, you lack some energy here. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to tell you, you're a bundle of energy and that bachelor made a big mistake. <laughs> oh, Cheryl, I like to think the same thing. So thank you. I'm not alone on that one. Violet. Don't think it, feel it, Thanks, own it. Thanks, <laughs> Cheryl. You're a doll. So I, I want to ask you, what drove you to want to be part of this I mean, I went on 365 Days to Find Love. You went on national TV to do this. What drove you to yeah, that? Yeah, it was, it was a wild turn of events, actually. It's kind of like a roller coaster up and down. Um, to be honest with you, years ago, watching the show, I always said to myself, oh, when I'm 26, if I'm still single, which was, it was a couple years ago. So I, I would always say, when I'm 26, if I'm still single, I'm going to go on that show and see if I could find love. And... Uh, I, I did it. I went on. I applied for the show and I got on and it was a crazy experience. Um, I didn't meet the love of my life, but I met some amazing girls and I learned a lot about myself and what I want and what I'm looking for. So there are no regrets and it was a great experience. Okay. You said you found a little bit about yourself. Was there something new that really became apparent to you through that whole transition? <sighs> Well, for me, to be honest with you, I know immediately when I meet someone, if I feel it or not, it's just this butterfly feeling of connection. And uh, when I first met him, I, I, I knew that he wasn't, he wasn't for me, to be honest. And um, 
I guess what I can where I can go with this is I learned more about myself in the in the way where, you know, I've always wanted to work in television and I thought reality TV would be a fun place to start off. And if anyone could fall in love on on a reality show it would be me but <laughs> but um being on that type see. but being on that type of show and um being asked to do certain things and to say certain things it just wasn't my style um and all and i realized what i want out of a career in television and um what i'm looking for in 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 a relationship and it just it wasn't there but i made some great friends and uh Give me your top three things that you're looking for in a relationship. So the biggest thing for me is passion. I live on passion. Passion's my middle name, and I need to find someone who's just as passionate, or if not more, than I am, so we can handle all that passion. That oh my I god! Have. Can you imagine the fire that's going to be created? <laughs> I mean, this is just going to be like this meteor going through space together. <laughs> so for me, number one is passion. Number two is someone. That uh, I guess for me, what's really important is is to meet someone who wants to make a difference in the world. I'm all about um, you know spreading that love and spreading that light with everybody that I meet, and whoever I end up sharing the rest of my life with, it will have to be someone that can hold my hand and cheer me on, and I can cheer him on, making a difference, volunteering one step of the way, and just trying to make the world a better place as cheesy as it sounds oh it's not cheesy that's where soul in the city comes from <laughs> it's go. what i live and love by mm, and number three, three would be uh someone that is my best friend and that can just make me laugh and will want to take on the world and travel the world and do crazy things together and just be silly and stupid together and laugh at each other that's important for me because i'm a little bit of a character so i would need someone to be able to either catch up or, you know, stay on my level or, you know, encourage me to be, to be all that I am and more. So do you, do you actually right now make dating a priority in your life? I mean, I never make it a priority. I think it's just something that I, I leave open on the sidelines. I'm, I'm open to it, but I, I, what's priority for me right now is focusing on my career and making the world a better place and passion and love and light wherever I go. And if I find the right one, if I meet my best friend, I'm open to it and I'm just never gonna, you know, I, I wouldn't say that. Like, that's all I'm focusing on. Well, right I now. want to wish you luck. Thank you Thank very you much, so much for Joe. being for part of today's me. quickie. It You're was great having you. This energy the, in the room is amazing. I also want to thank Fernando Gelso uh, in the tech department and the woman, my partner in crime, who is joining me all the time now, Aaron Melinda Boker. You know her from the morning. Join us next week for the Matchmaker Show. You're going to meet my matchmaker, the woman who connected me with the person that I've been dating for the last nine months. Could have been long enough to have a baby, but not. And, uh, um, I'm going to share more of my experience with you um, about that matchmaking. Remember, you're listening to Solo in the City here on CJAD 800. You can also listen to today's show on SoundCloud and on podcasts and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And don't forget, keep it simply social because we all know it's all about the kiss. <laughs>